Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Christian Fellowship. We are a family on a journey to become more like Christ, sharing His kingdom by expressing His love. We hope that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. Living in the power of the promises of God. Or another way of saying that is living in the experience of God's promise. Let me begin our teaching tonight with a question. Perhaps a couple of questions. Have you ever, in your walk with God, challenged yourself when your experiences do not line up with the promises of God? Have you ever asked yourself or even the Lord why some of his promises do not seem to be working in your life? These are valid questions, are they not? For example, the promise from God says that by his stripes ye were healed, but you are still sick and you're still struggling with all sorts of physical symptoms in your body. You ever had that experience? I have. I know many of us, every single one of us have had that kind of experience. Here's another promise. The promise says, my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. But your experience says that your needs are still not met and you are surrounded by all sorts of lack. Another promise. Jesus said that when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you and lead you in the way you should go but you're still confused, still uncertain which way to go or what you should do in the situation that you have been praying for quite a while now. Does that, uh, does that sound familiar to you? Is that the place where you live, where the promises of God say one thing, but your experiences are quite the opposite? I've been there many times now and all of us I am convinced that all of us at one time or another we find ourselves in those situations and at times we wonder whether God really meant what he said Lord did you really mean what you said? did you really mean what you promised well the scripture assures us that God meant what he promised and he promised what he meant. In fact, one of the verses in the Bible says that the promises of God in him are all yes and amen. Yes, I meant what I promised. Yes, I said what I meant. Well, in this session today, we will try or rather I will try and and examine how these promises of God work 
and of course what our responsibility is toward every promise that God has so graciously given to us. The Lord Jesus, as we all know, paid with his own precious blood for every promise we are given from God. He lived a sinless life and ultimately suffered at the hands of sinners. He was crucified. He was buried and rose again the third day so that we could become the recipients of every promise given from God, our Heavenly Father. Unlocking the power, though, that is in every promise takes wisdom and skill. And most importantly, it takes the God kind of faith, which is given to all those who have an intimate and a close walk with the Lord. I have noticed from experience, from studying individuals, those that I listen to, and those that have walked the road longer than I have, that the kind of people that the promises of God work for have an outstanding characteristic, and that is an awakened soul that's been restored by the word of God. I'm going to repeat this because it's very important when it comes to experience what God promised. The kind of people that the promises of God work for have an outstanding characteristic, and that is an awakened soul that's been restored by the word of God. A restored soul is one that has both the will, the mind, and the emotions restored through the ministry of the word of God and the Holy Spirit, of course. One of the first indications of a spiritually awakened soul is a deep devotion and an intense hunger for the Word of God. That is a healthy a spiritual condition and a healthy soul. A deep devotion and an intense hunger for the word of God. In such cases, where the soul is awakened, the word of God and the promises of God are given the highest place of honor and respect in the heart and in the mind of those who are being spiritually awakened. These promises from God take on a new meaning for them and they become alive the promises that is and active in their everyday life they talk about the word all the time because they love the word of god they meditate in the word they obey the word and they love spending time rehearsing it these are individuals who do not walk by sight they do not walk by feelings, but they walk by faith. Here are some quotes from spiritually awakened individuals. 
Psalms 119 verse 97 says, How I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. Psalm 119 verse 127 says, Therefore, I love your commandments more than gold. Yes, than fine gold. Jeremiah chapter 15 verse 16. Jeremiah's testimony was as follows. He said to the Lord, your words were found and I ate them. And your word was to me the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. For I am called by your name, O Lord God of hosts. You see, these individuals, they loved the word of God. They devoted their lives to the word. They spoke it continuously. They meditated in a day and night and they practiced the word. Now, one of my prayers for a long while, not just for my spiritual household, for my own household, but also for the church at large, is that the father of all mercies would send by his spirit a mighty awakening throughout the church, where we will be spiritually awakened, where our soul would be awakened to the reality and to the truths of God's precious promises. <clears throat> An awakening which I believe will bring about the restoration of honor, respect, and obedience to the word of God. When we reach that place, I believe, of honoring God's word above all else, we start living in the power of his promises as opposed to the wisdom of men. Now, this was the Apostle Paul's mission when he went to Corinth preaching and teaching the word of God. He said, and he made a profound statement, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 4 and 5, we read the following. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 4 and 5 says, And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, so that your faith, should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. The Apostle Paul here is contrasting the wisdom of men versus the power of God. He said to them, when I came to you and I preached Christ and him crucified, I didn't come with fancy words, eloquent speech of man's wisdom. But I came demonstrating the power of God through the spirit so that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. I believe that there are only two ways that we can live life on this earth. No more than two. 
either we live life based on the wisdom of men, on the wisdom of this age or this world, or we live our life based on the power of God that is contained in the promises of God. Living in the power of the promise means that we live by the power of what God has promised us in his word, as opposed to living from the wisdom of men and what the world tells us. The apostle Peter said something very profound in the opening verses of his second epistle. Second Peter chapter one, verse four. I'm going to read it from the, the King James version as well as the New Living Translation. Meditate on these verses because they have tremendous insight concerning what we are teaching today. Peter says, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these promises you might be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. The New Living Translation says, and because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. Peter says that God has given us he, all that we will ever need to live a godly life on this earth has already been given. And it's been given through the exceeding great and precious promises of God. These promises, Peter says, enable us to share in God's divine nature. In other words, we become partakers of God's divine nature, and thus we escape this world's corruption that is brought upon us by human and carnal desires. What a powerful verse of scripture. What a revelation Peter communicates to us here. I pray that the Lord will give us ears to hear what Peter has just said. In other words, God has given us a way of escape, the cycle of corruption, the cycle of decay in this world by placing our faith in God's precious and great promises. Through these promises, we are enabled, Peter says, to live on another level, a supernatural level defying the limitations, the impossibilities, the weaknesses, and the restrictions the wisdom of this world has imposed upon us. We escape those things. How? By being elevated onto a supernatural level by the exceeding great and precious promises. Those who live by the wisdom of men or the wisdom of this age are restricted 
and limited in the capacity to do great things for God. Those who live by the power of the promise are empowered and released to do great things through God. In the book of Daniel, we read a verse of scripture that says, those that know their God shall be strong and do great exploits. If you live your life based on the wisdom of men, you will only do what men can do, and that's very limited. How does that practically work? How do I live in the power of the promise? Well, when I believe a particular promise given to me by the Spirit, the power of God or the power of that promise becomes available to me, enabling me to accomplish whatever the promise says. The power to live in the experience of the promise is in the promise itself. Luke chapter 1 verse 37 says, For with God nothing is ever impossible, and no word from God shall be without power or impossible of fulfillment. This is one powerful statement that Luke makes. He says, no word from God, no promise from God is void of power or impossible of fulfillment. In other words, the power to fulfill what is promised is locked up in the promise itself. The way we release that power is by putting that promise into action. That is called faith. Philippians chapter 4, verse 12 and 13. I'm going to give you an example, actually a couple of examples. Philippians 4, 12 and 13 says, Paul writing to the church in Philippi says, I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Now, if I believe that promise and not negate it with my mind, that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, then I am empowered by that very promise to face any situation, live under any circumstance with a thankful heart and a victorious attitude, regardless of my circumstances. That very promise from God delivered me from a defeated and a complaining attitude and liberated me from the corruption of the human desire to resist God's dealings with me. The power of the promise enabled me also to resist human pride and become humble and pliable in the hands of God 
who is forming and shaping my character to become more Christ-like. I've experienced the power that is in those verses many years ago when I went to the United States for the first time, 1987. I went to visit my spiritual father, Father Eusebius Stefano, in order to meet him face to face, for he was great encouragement to me. And when I went to um, to visit him, he came and picked him. He picked me up at the airport, and I was uh, I assumed that he was going to take me to his house, that he's going to welcome me, but instead, he put me in one of those YMCA, uh, what do you call it, hostels, a very tiny room. Uh, how can I say it? Maybe maybe five foot by three all it had in that tiny room was a bed and a table and a little stove that's it uh, no washing machine nothing when i first entered that room man darkness just came over me remember i came from zimbabwe from a double story house we had a number of people in the house cleaning the house i've never done any washing I've never done any cooking. Uh, so here I am just being placed there. He dropped me there and he said, don't come to my office until it's two o'clock in the afternoon. Well, the darkness came over me and I started to grumble and complain inside of me. Then the spirit of God rose up within me and pointed me to these very scriptures. When Paul said, I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything, I've learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little, for I can do all things through Christ who strength. The Spirit reminded me of these very verses, and immediately I was convicted. I repented, I lifted my hands to the Lord and began to praise and give him thanks. The cloud of darkness vanished over me. And you know what? I stayed in that room for, I think, five to six weeks. They were the most wonderful weeks, spiritually speaking. I grew the most during that time than any other time. God revealed himself to me in such a unique and a wonderful way. I wonder sometimes what would have happened if I complained every day and grumbled and why am I in this place? Why didn't he invite me to stay with him and on and on and on and on? This is what I'm saying to you that when you believe the promise of God and act upon it, that's faith, then the power in the promise is released into your life and enables you to do what the promise says you can do. Praise God. So, are you with me? The power of the promise enables us, that particular promise, to resist human pride, become humble and pliable in the hands of God, who is forming and shaping our character to become more Christ-like. You see, the context in Paul's statement 
concerning his ability to do all things through Christ, who strengthens him, is that he's able to cope with and live with all manner of hardships and difficulties life often uh, confronts us with. We don't have to react to those circumstances like the people of the world do. What do they do? They grumble. They complain about the situation. They blame everybody else except themselves. But we can, we're not of the world. We do not live life based on the wisdom of men, or rather we should not. But in the power of God and with faith in that promise, we can be thankful because we have the strength of Christ at our disposal to help us to deal victoriously in every situation of life. This is what it means, folks, to live in the power of the promise and not in the wisdom of men. Let's look at another promise and demonstrate how to live in the power of the word that is promised rather than in the wisdom of men. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21. You know, one word from God is enough to set you free from every lying spirit, from every spirit of fear, from every spirit of unforgiveness, prejudice, or whatever it is. God's word is all-powerful. When it is received from our heart, believed and acted upon, it releases the supernatural might and ability of God to work on our behalf. Second Corinthians 5.21 says, For he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. For he, that is God, hath made him, that is Jesus, to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Now, living in the power of that promise means that as a believer, one who is in Christ, I live my life free from guilt, free from shame or condemnation, because in Christ Jesus, I have been forgiven and made right with God. That's what the promise says. I have right standing with God. I don't have to live with a sin consciousness anymore or live under the yoke of guilt and condemnation all the time. Why? Because I have right standing with God. I have been made. God made me. I didn't make myself. He made me the righteousness of God. Knowing that I'm accepted in Christ, knowing that I'm loved unconditionally as a child of God, sets me free from thoughts and emotions of rejection. So many today, even in the church, suffer and under the yoke of rejection, and they cannot seem to throw this off of them. Well, Go to the word, stay with the word until the word heals and delivers you from the roots of rejection. I don't have to perform anymore to be accepted because in Christ I am already accepted. Now, this is the reason 
I encourage people that in the areas they have succumbed to the wisdom of men and have been enslaved by the thoughts, the lies, the words of the enemy, or the practices of human wisdom to go to the promises of God. Stay with the promise until the promise stays in you and becomes part of you, setting you free from the dominion of human limitations. Some people ask, well, how long do I have to stay with the promise? As long as it takes. It may take two weeks. It may take two months. It even may take two years. You stay with the promise until the promise stays in you. How do I know that the promise is in me? It deep down in my spirit. You will know it because it works for you. If it doesn't work for you, it's still not in you. It hasn't become part of you. It's just in your mind. It hasn't. It hasn't taken root in your spirit. Let's look at another area in which the word of God promises us freedom and deliverance from the power of debt and borrowing. As you know, most of the people on this planet live under the dominion of debt and debt that they cannot furnish, which they have accumulated over a number of years. They have drowned in debt. Many believers are also enslaved by excessive debt, by bad and unwise decisions, which they have done over a period of years. You see, this, this doesn't happen overnight. It's a series of bad decisions that often one makes that finds himself in such situation. Romans 13, verse 8, says something very profound. Owe no man anything but to love one another. For he that loveth another fulfill the law. The Amplified says, keep out of debt and know no man anything except to love one another. Another promise from Deuteronomy 28 and verse 12 says, the Lord will open the heavens, the storehouse of his bounty, to send rain on your land in season and to bless all the work of your hands. For you will lend to many nations, but will borrow from none. Now, human wisdom says we cannot live or function in this world without borrowing. God's wisdom says you can. We have a choice. Live by the power of the promise that God has given us or live by the wisdom of men. Believing the promise releases supernatural ability to live above the realm of financial limitations and constraints. You see, most people, when they read that verse immediately, if the mind is not renewed, if the soul is not restored, they will spit it out. They will they say, no, this can't be done. It's not possible. I don't know anybody who's done that. Well, you have a choice. 
whether to believe what God says or whether to believe what human wisdom says. Let me say something to you. The things that I'm preaching to you, I, I, I'm preaching them to you because I'm living them. It's not because I've read it somewhere in a book or heard a preacher teach about them. I have proved this in my own life for over 45 years now. As both my wife and I lived this way since I got born again, came to Christ and began to make wise decisions. Even when we were in business in Zimbabwe, we operated our business free from debt, free from borrowing. Engaging God and putting into practice the promises of God, the laws of sowing and reaping, we were able to live free from debt. The world says you cannot live without debt, but God says you can. And so I chose. I made a quality decision to live in the power of the promise. Now that remember, this is not an overnight get get rich quick scheme. What I'm sharing with you is the wisdom of God and the principles of God and the promises of God that will work for anyone who puts them to work consistently. Amen. Here is something that we need to understand before the promise begins to bear fruit in our lives. As I've mentioned to you, I'm repeating myself. The promise must become part of us before the power of the promise is activated and released. It becomes part of us when we keep feeding on it, when we keep meditating on it, when we keep listening to the promise and stop listening to anything contrary to the promises of God. Are you listening to me? Shut your ears to the world and open them fully, as the word says, incline your ears to my sayings. Let them not depart from before your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. That's my words, for they are life, health, healing, prosperity to all those who find them. Any promise given to us from the spirit, listen carefully now, is like a seed that is sown into our heart. Just like the seed needs time and protection from the elements, even so the promise needs to be protected for a season until it takes root into our spirits and becomes part of our nature. What I'm giving to you every Sunday evening is a seed and not a fruit bearing tree. What you do with the seed I'm giving you will depend whether that seed will produce or it will not produce. Are you listening to me? I'm not giving you a tree, I'm giving you a seed. And you're going to have to work with that seed. Hallelujah. 
Now, given enough time in the soil of our heart, the seed of the promise, the seed will become in due time a plant, and the plant will become a tree, and the tree will start bearing fruit just as Jesus said it would. The kind of seed that we sow will be the fruit that we receive. You will receive the fruits of prosperity, the fruits of health, the fruits of healing, the fruits of longevity, the fruits of preservation, the fruits of protection. Amen. As Jesus said in Mark's gospel, chapter 4, verse 8, but other seed fell on good ground and yielded a crop that sprang up, increased, and produced some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100. We also need to understand that every promise is conditional. The condition is faith. The power of the promise is activated and released by faith, but faith must be accompanied, the word says, by corresponding action. James 2.17 says, so also faith, if it does not have works or deeds and actions of obedience to back it up by itself is destitute of power, inoperative and dead. So every promise from God demands a corresponding action. And let's take, for example, the promise that is given to us in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 8. Listen to what the promise of God says. 2 Corinthians 9, 8. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance of every good work. Wow, what a promise. Here is a promise from God enabling us to live in all sufficiency and abound in the grace of generosity by supporting every good work. This promise, though, is the result of fulfilling the condition which is in verse of the same chapter 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, 6 says, But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly, nor of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. So in order for us to live in all sufficiency and be able to support every good work in our sphere of influence, we need to become generous in our giving and in our sowing. There is the condition. In order to reap a bountiful harvest, we must sow bountifully and become cheerful, cheerful givers. Praise God forevermore. We don't get there overnight. We move from one level of faith to another. Praise God. As believers in Christ, we have accepted, I believe, and we have submitted to too many 
of the world's methods, the world's wisdom, and as a result, we have limited and restricted ourselves from being and doing what God has called us to do. We have given in somehow, either consciously or unconsciously, to the wisdom of men as though it was gospel. And it has cost us a great deal. We need to come to the place where we give honor to the word of God above all others. The promises of God must become the highest and most respected authority in our lives. Surrender our lives to those promises and believe God above all else. When we reach that place, we can then live by the power of the promise and experience the blessing that flows from every promise God the Father has given us in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. That is God's way of elevating us to a supernatural level in order to escape the corruption and the decay that is in this world through our carnal desires, human desires, fleshly desires. God has given us his way of escape, and his way of escape is the exceeding great and precious promises of God. We need to stay with those promises until we suck the power out of them and we begin to experience the freedom and the liberty and the grace and the forgiveness and the mercy of the Lord that is ca captured in those promises. So let's conclude our study with a prayer, a very short prayer. And trust the Lord that we will make a quality decision. That we're not going to live by the words of human wisdom or by the thoughts that this world is giving us, indoctrinated us. But we're going to live by the power that is in the promises of God. If God says it, I believe it. And that settles it. No matter how it looks, how impossible it looks. If God has promised it, the word of the Lord says he is faithful to do what he promised. Amen. God is always faithful and has never let a soul down who has truly believed his word. And with that belief, he added action to his faith. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father. We thank you for your exceeding great and precious promises. For by these promises, you have made us partakers of your divine nature. And thus we escape the corruption and the decay that is in this world. Thank you that you did send your word. And your word declares you've healed and delivered us from our destructions. We don't need anything more, dear Lord, for all that we will ever need has already been given to us through Christ Jesus, our Lord. Thank you for his sacrifice. Forgive us 
for we have not given the honor that is due to your word, the obedience that is due to the word, the faith that it deserves. We ask you to forgive us and teach us to live in the power of your promises as you bring about a spiritual awakening to your people, dear Lord. Restore the honor and the obedience that is due to your holy word so that you may be glorified through your church in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen and amen. We hope that you've enjoyed this message. For additional resources and more information, come and visit us at alphaomega.org.za.